Hello and welcome to the SkillFlex podcast. Joining us today is Srinivas Reddy. He's the head of HR at Pristine Care and he comes with over 20 years of experience. He's worked with large companies before and this is uh, his recent stint into the startup world. However, he's worked with companies like MetLife, GE Capital, now known as Genpact. And I'm sure Srinivas today can share wonderful insights about how the world of work has dramatically changed over the years. And let's actually begin with that, uh, Srinivas. What do you really think uh, when you look back and you see how much, uh, you know, just the the entire ecosystem has shifted over time? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for uh, having me, Ignore. Um, I think... Uh... Answer to your question, it's it's uh, it's changed quite a bit. I think there is a world which is pre-pandemic and post-pandemic, um, and that's that's for real. Uh, there have been roles I can I can clearly see now uh, that are curated uh, specifically post-pandemic. Uh, there never used to be, you know, situation earlier, right? I mean, work from home um, was like a very distant. Uh, piece and there were very few companies that were doing it for real and uh, pre-pandemic I'm talking about and uh, and maybe almost nine or ten nine point five out of ten employees would really candidates would really hesitate asking an employer stating hey listen do you have a work from home for this particular role you know now it's very clear candidates very very sharp they ask is this role a work from home Right. Is this role a hybrid? Is this role, you know, working from office completely? I'd like to know it very clearly. So that hesitation piece is completely gone for, for employee and candidates out there. And employers too, right? It's very clear saying that what is that I want? Uh, so the so clearly answer to your question, uh, you know, clearly is that I, I think the world has changed. And, uh, you know, for organizations, it's getting better. I know that for particular roles, I will be needing people at work. For particular roles, I don't need for people to be at work. For particular roles, I want people to be clearly remote, right? It's okay. So I think that's clearly happening uh, across industry. Uh, and a lot of organizations have come to realize that. And they're implementing it on a, on a day-to-day basis. So that makes so much sense. In fact, one of the things that has... Uh really picked up over the last few years and it's definitely been something that we've seen people talk a lot about during the pandemic as well and now post the pandemic there's just there's a lot of conversation around how you can just equip your teams better right and uh, especially uh, with pristine care right you're working in an organization where frontline teams are your majority uh, of your organization how do you ensure that you are actually able to equip teams because we do know that that training is critical. We do know that we need to ensure that they are consistently upskilling. But in the current environment, you also need to make sure that these teams are able to adapt to the change that we've seen over the years. How do you look at that landscape? I think, um, you know, and and that's true for any startup out there, right? You're constantly... uh innovating constantly figuring out new ways to work get things done better faster quicker uh one of the things that we've done we've done many experiments uh you know and and ignoring the last 
four, four and a half years of our existence, we've done many, many experiments and some of them really worked uh, much to our surprise and some of them uh, did not, which we've learned, made our, you know, learned our lessons from there. One of the things that we've uh, understood, right, while the on-job training and the physical training is something that uh, would really help, uh, you know, employees to understand it better, uh, we've uh, we, we've really come off that far uh, ahead and then we started uh, doing it through AI now. Uh, you know, that's really helped us quite a bit, uh, you know, for us, uh, you know, at scale um, and do it with, with almost, uh, you know, no human intervention. You know, we've, we've launched a new AI tool called Mira.ai. Uh, it really uh, helps our employees, frontline employees clearly to get trained, right, through, through and this is built on generative AI. Uh, and uh, it, it, it gets better. Of course, it's on machine learning. Um, and it really keeps getting better as every employee keeps joining us and keeps getting trained on that particular tool. Uh, I think, and that's just the beginning, right? I mean, and this is one of the experiments that we've done. Uh, you know, generative AI is as new as it can get, right? Maybe some time back, six months back, if we had asked, I don't know if anybody would have been even aware about it, but I think now it's time and parcel. And we've done this in, in a training format. Uh, it clearly synthesizes us. So it, it's really been uh, new for us also. We're learning it, but, but yeah, it's really uh, a next level uh, innovation for us. And, and for our teams here internally. I'm keen to know though, how did you arrive at this point? You know, what are the challenges that you were actually solving for that uh, made you reach a point where you realize that no, you do need a mechanism such as Mira. Um, you need AI intervention. You need to make sure that this becomes as seamless as possible. Uh, what are you solving for primarily? So uh, I think one of the things that uh, we realized uh, clearly ignore is that our employees were were joining from various backgrounds, right? And we they were experienced, they were freshers, they were somebody you know uh, who been there, done that. So it was all kinds of people that we were having, and we didn't do uh, we didn't do elective surgery as a business, uh, where we we have approximately thirteen categories, about fifty odd surgeries, right? Different types of diseases that we deal with. Uh, so, you know, it was very complex for us to ensure that we train people and then bring them on board. Uh, what Mira uh, AI, this whole piece that helped us is uh, we've synthesized everything into that platform. Uh, and the moment a candidate joins, right, looking at how the candidate is, because what we realized, one of the things is that when you have a batch of 20 people, 25 people, not everybody understands and gets trained at one platform because of the background that they come with, right? Everybody understands a particular concept differently. Now, what AI is doing is, right, it really customizes to that particular individual. You know, where is he sitting from a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the best? Uh, you know, is he sitting at 2? How do I take him up to 8? If somebody's sitting at 7, how do I take him up to 9? Right. So, of course, get get everybody eventually to a 9, 9.5. But the point is, uh, in a classroom, that was missing. right? But in an AI, it really helps us solve. Because what it does is there are a bunch of, you know, in that 20 people, I have a bunch of five people who are sitting on a scale of two. Uh, I'll have to train them to get to an eight and a nine. And there are five people who are already at seven. 
I just need a bit of nudge and then they're, they're there already. Right. So that customization has really helped us, you know, that AI piece really helped us solve saying that, you know, this is going to be really helping uh, the candidates based on, you know, how do they want it? And, uh, you know, guess what? People, people are on the, on the chat generation. So this whole, uh, you know, Gen Y and Gen Z now uh, is really uh, liking it. And we've got a great, great response. And the, and the tool really throws up the scores then and there saying that, hey, listen, uh, you're here. You've got to get to, a, you know, you, you, you were two, you've reached to four. You've got to get to six. You've got to do four things. Let's do this. Get to a, this thing. And people have actually started liking it. And we've got a huge feedback, you know, from our candidates that have come back and told us saying that, hey, listen, uh, this really helped us. Uh, so I think, I think uh, we're in the, again, as I said, well, this is a, this is a big, big step for us. This is a big step in the healthcare. And I, I, I'm assuming this is going to go for other industries too, uh, but it'll be a big step, uh, ignore. And that's helped us quite a bit. No, that sounds, uh, that sounds wonderful. Actually, it does make me think at some point though, that, uh, you know, when you really link that back to business, of course, everyone is, um, uh, you know, when it comes to training, we're constantly focusing on how training impacts business metrics and how you can reverse engineer all forms of training through that. I want to understand that uh, what was this driven from? And in general, like when you look at learning and, and just also like independent of Mira, just to understand that when you look at driving any form of training interventions, particularly for frontline teams, what are the metrics you're looking to solve for and how? Right? Like, where do you think that thread is that's usually that usually snaps and that's what you're trying to connect with even Mira? So I think one of the things clearly is uh, our, our drive as an organization to get better, clearly ignored. That's uh, clearly on top of the ranks if you have to uh, really pen down. The curiosity to get, uh, you know, from where we are to where we want to get to. And we always keep looking at status, keep challenging the status quo again and again, again and again, right? Every day you come up, get up, solve a particular issue. I think that's what startup does, right? And and you have a, when you put a bunch of smart guys in a room, that's what they keep doing. So I think that's really uh, helped us quite a bit, you know. Um, and so the metrics, right? As you said, what we've looked at is clearly, uh, you know, the the patient experience for us. We are really, really customer centric as an organization. We are, we are patient obsession. It's one of our core values that we go back uh, and look at it again and again. You know, that really boils down to that, right? Are we being patient centric or no? If we're not, what can we go, do better at it, right? Is the, is the experience needs to get, where are the experience needs to get better? Is it at the, uh, at the different touch points that we have for different stakeholders, right? That are there for a particular patient, for our customer. Uh, if yes, you know, who's managing the customer the most, right? Where we really looked at saying that, hey, listen, it's the it's the frontline employee who's really managing it. How do we make things better for it? Right? How do we ensure that we enable the frontline employee to have this conversation and elevate it to the next level? And that's where I think it really helped us to see. And then we saw that score, right? We really look at uh, patient NPS, right? As a very, very core metric, right? Or for us. Uh, so, and, and that's really, really, uh, we almost look at it every day if you have to look at it, right? We, because we touch base, you know, a couple of hundred uh, patients every day and, you know, thousands of 
you know, you know, patients in a month. So we ensure that we go back uh, to the drawing board from an NPS standpoint, ignore. And that's helped us uh, look at, you know, and, and challenge the status quo and get better at it. You spoke about how your focus is to basically enable your frontline teams to deal with patients better, right? And that's what eventually impacts this metric. Um, to what extent do you think, I mean, what kind of training do you think over here, uh, you know, plays the biggest role? Because for something like that, you also need to ensure that they're equipped in certain power skills, right? Where they're able to basically talk to people properly. And that's where a lot of organizations get it wrong because they tend to invest a lot of time in product and process training and just, you know, technical knowledge and just, you know, what they, what they need to do from a process standpoint. But they fail to actually equip teams with very, very critical behavioral skills. Um, you know, these could be, you know, influencing people, critical thinking, effective communication, resilience, just, you know, skills that are so important, especially in the healthcare sector. No, I think, uh, uh, you know, being empathetic is at the top of all these skills for us, you know, because uh, there are there are patients coming to us, uh, you know, they, they do have a situation at hand, right? Um, it is not something that I'm casually, you know, approaching uh, a healthcare institute. I would not, right? There is a reason why I would want. There's a purpose clearly behind it. So we, uh, for us as, as an organization, of course, I mean, those behavioral, you know, skills are very, very important, uh, very critical. Um, and, and clearly being empathetic comes on top of it. Uh, we would want to ensure that, you know, our employees are completely empathetic towards the patients that come on a day-to-day -day basis uh, and help them solve what they're coming for. Whatever it takes, you know, it, it, it could be as simple as, you know, just getting an advice from a doctor, uh, just having a conversation and revalidating, you know, what the patient is thinking. And sometimes it could be as, as critical as, you know, ensuring the person goes through a surgery and if they are and how we're going through, because then that's a, and you know what are we doing? We are we are making, uh, you know, uh, uh, patients' lives better. Right? If there is a particular ailment, particular disease, that's when you know the patient is coming to us, right? They're going through a suffering. We what do we do? We help them make their lives better. We're impacting, you know, lives on a day-to-day -day basis. That's what we keep instilling as a purpose to our, you know, employees at the front line who are dealing with patients every day. Uh, you know, they're really impacting their lives. They, you know, making their lives better. You know, what better purpose can, you know, there be anything else other than that? You know, it, it just gets better and better. Uh, so I think that ignore for us has been at the at the bottom of it, right? And other than that, of course, your interpersonal skills, your conversation skills, your communication skills, you know, those, those are clearly layers, you know, that really sit on, you know, during training process. Uh, but but yes, uh, these are some of the things that that really come up ignore and and they are very very core to us and we go back to drawing board again and again. It's just not for the new employees, even for existing employees, we do it again and again over a period of time just to reiterate uh, that particular piece. You know, I want to zoom out a little bit um, and just get a broader sense of you know what the world of work looks like right now and where learning fits in. 
you know you're probably you know part of the the 0.01% of organizations that is adapting new technology to equip their employees at the moment right why is that shift so slow there's a lot of resistance to moving towards a getting people to just realize that they need to train their teams is was a big 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 uh, process altogether right it's taken a while but now that even organizations have realized that they need to invest in learning people tend to stick to a, a typically traditional format for a long time right they even though people have brought in formats of e learning etc they are still very typically traditional in in style why do you think there is that friction when it comes to adopting that technology and particularly when you're talking of ai tools that are just saving a lot of precious time i think i think it's it's because of uh, what's worked and not going back and uh, you know challenging the status quo um we we as an organization uh, at at pristine ikno we do that every day almost you know come to think of it um you know with the people around who keep pushing around saying that what we're doing if it's working can we get better can we do better right what's the different ways that we can make things better uh i think that's really for us helped us saying that listen there is this tool out there there is this technology out there we should leverage it we should make things better we should ensure that this really impacts the business this really helps the business to grow you know what we do i think most of the organizations are not realizing that in my view uh the day they realize it right they'll go back i mean they will do anything and everything that they are there for from purpose standpoint that as long as organizations are clear from their purpose for us the purpose is very clear right that we want to impact the lives of the people we want to make things better uh so for us that's the that's the north star we're going back on that again and again and that's where answers are coming for us as an organization and i think ignore in my view uh, some of the organizations are yet to realize that and the day they do that i think they will do what's required and 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 go back and do it and and you know history says very clearly right uh, there are organizations that are very very passionate about uh, talent development uh, very very passionate about it right and uh, and that's the reason they stand out and uh, sooner or later they they really have a moat than everybody else around them um and i think that's that's where the organizations lack and i'm i'm assuming they they will need to wake up and then uh, realize it in in my view no absolutely i 100% agree with you um i do want to uh, you know before we close the conversation i do want to touch upon you know where you think we are headed and how long the road you think is uh a like where are we going right like when it comes to ai it's an, it's it's an endless uh, almost an endless bubble right we we are still figuring out to what extent it can equip our teams to what extent can we use it for learning and just making work and productivity easier um how do you view it at this point no i think i think we we've not even um you know scratch the surface i don't think so in my view ignore you know we because the kind of ideas thoughts that it's you know coming to us uh, from our organization itself is so many that you know we can use uh, generative ai in you know employee experience employee feedback employee conversations talent retention talent attraction right there's so many things that we want to do it 
uh, and uh, just just not one particular aspect. And I think uh, I, I I think we we clearly don't know. If you ask me, I think a lot of organizations are still thinking about what we want to do and how we want to do it. Uh, everybody is going gung, you know, all guns out there and trying to see what best they can do uh, from from uh, you know leveraging standpoint. Uh, but I think I think it's just the beginning, and I, it's going to make a lot of jobs uh, much much uh, easier, much much better, uh, much much quicker. You know, I was I was thinking, and I, I was looking at the other day at one of the conferences that you know how just putting information out there in a particular box and uh, what's the objective that you need. Um, you know, the tool was just throwing up a 15 slide PowerPoint presentation, you know, things like that. You, you couldn't think of it maybe five years back. You couldn't think of something like even two years back, forget about five years back, right? But that's real reality today. And in the next two to three years, I don't think we will need anybody sitting out there, analysts making any uh, PowerPoint presentations for anything of that sort. You know, all of that is going to be really thrown out by, by Genetive AI. I think it's just the beginning just these things are, uh, in my view, ignored. It's going to go leaps and bounds in many, many uh, layers uh, that we've not uh, seen it yet. Uh, we're not able to think that yet. Uh, whatever is coming to our, this thing, we're doing our bit. Uh, but 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 I think this is, this is clearly miles to walk before we sleep, clearly. Absolutely. And that's a fantastic note to wrap up this conversation on. Thank you so much, Srinivas, for, you know, just shedding light on what the capability of embracing technology when it comes to equipping teams is, because I think that's where most organizations find it difficult to kind of navigate their way and understand which route they need to take. Um, and through these conversations that we have on SkillFlex, we do try every day to, you know, spread more awareness about what what is there in the world of work and to what extent you can go to just enable your teams and make sure that they you know perform better so thank you so much it was an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast thank you so much Ignor. really appreciate loved it love the conversation all the best thank you